Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. There's two aspects that I've used mostly. Uh, we're either doing things at speed or we're doing things at, at intensity levels. So speed would be we're trying to execute that skill as fast as possible. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut the roof to the matter. In this episode, we speak to Justin Goodham, a strength and conditioning coach with the US military. Focusing on improving athlete performance, we're going to cut the root on why strength and conditioning coaches are potentially undervalued. Justin, you ready for the knife? I am. Are coaches not focusing on fitness? I don't think it's a matter of, of whether they focus enough. I think it's how they focus the time that they do dedicate to it. So are we talking about the coach themselves or are we talking about the coach looking over to the strength and conditioning coach? Yeah, I think, uh, of course, I mean, with rugby, a small percentage of of those that are playing are at that top level to where you're going to have dedicated staff. So Mm -hmm. this is probably more towards the sport coach. Yeah, uh, who might be kind of a one-man show. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it that's always kind of a tricky thing, right? Is is it, it's very easy and and probably the easiest thing for a coach to say is that a team or a player is unfit, and and with that, I think today's social media, it's very easy, be it the coach or the athlete, to to gain knowledge for fitness and, and for conditioning, but it's it's understanding how they take that knowledge that they gain and apply it to, to their personal or their team environment. So when you are looking in on a coaching session and you're seeing the coach at work, what, what are the easy wins that they're missing out on to start with? I, I think uh, a lot of it is, and, and again, this is probably at the lower levels. It's, it's incorporating or kind of finding a way to, to kind of marry their their rugby coaching with conditioning. Yeah, a lot of times they think, okay, a two hour practice, we're going to spend thirty minutes on conditioning. We're going to spend that ninety minutes on rugby. And and I think one simple solution is find a way to to kind of bring those two together. Get the conditioning into the rugby part of of training. Okay, well that sounds very attractive because nobody uh, desperately wants to do the conditioning part of any session. Where where does one start? So we'll let, let's start at the lower end. I mean, we'll take lessons from the high performance. Uh, most of the coaches listening in would love to be in high performance, but they uh, they are spending that hour and a half, two hours with their players during the week, and they want to throw in some conditioning, which integrates with the training. Yeah, I, I think probably one of the things when I go and observe a coach, if, whether it's just I randomly pop up or someone invites me out, I think one of the first things I look at or try to notice is how much of that time are the players spending actually in action and how much of that time is being spent in conversation, whether that's a coach conversing with, with players or with the team, or whether it's players conversing amongst, amongst themselves, 
at the higher level, the ball in play is, is one of the bigger stats that looked at from game to game. And of course, you try and uh, bring that back into the training environment. Uh, and so looking at, okay, out of a 90-minute session, how much of that 90 minutes is, is actually in movement, in, in action, in game situations, whatever. So let's say that uh, we've got a 90 minute session. Uh, a rugby match is, for all intents and purposes, adult is 80 minutes. Now you're not even, you're not running around for the full 80 minutes. How much of that 80 minutes or 90 minutes of the session would you say would be enough time for them actually to be doing something which is going to give them some fitness benefits? So it's, uh, I think probably typical, and this is very loose only for my personal observations. That- Ball in play at most levels is going to be somewhere between maybe 28 minutes to 34, 35 on the high end. So that that's kind of where I look at it is, is let's say if, if we were doing a, a, a team run or an opposed run or something, rather than just run X number of phases, maybe we're just going to have open play for 60 or 90 seconds at a time. And then just kind of calculate that up to where that equates to 30 minutes of, of actual game activity. Now, some coaches, and, and this is where philosophies may differ, uh, let's say if you're doing smaller smaller individual or, or smaller unit skills, let's say ruck breakdowns or passing or two-on-ones, some coaches might include that time in that ball in play in terms of training. Uh, okay, so let's, so let's say you're running, you're running one of those smaller activities. Uh, now, some of them you're in a in a phase where you've got to it's got to be slow for them to understand some tactical skills. So we understand that. So let's move into the the fitness element. How long would you be running it, and how would you increase increase the intensity? What sort of tricks would you do use to make it a little bit more game fitness like? Maybe yeah, game so, fitness is the wrong word, of course. Yeah. No, I think. In, in terms of, of the intensity that, that you're referring to, there's, there's two two aspects, uh, at least from a strength coach, there's there's two aspects that I've used mostly and that a lot of the, the coaches that I worked with utilize, which is uh, we're either doing things at speed or we're doing things at, at intensity levels. So speed would be maybe we're, uh, maybe it's a simple decision-making or, or catch-pass kind of activity. Maybe there's no defensive or opposing pressure, but we're trying to execute that skill as fast as possible. Whereas uh, an intensity activity might be you're doing that activity. Well, intensity could be maybe more contact or it could be you're doing that more repetitively. So maybe it's it's, uh, you and I are doing two on ones for 30 seconds and and we just we we execute one. We turn around, we do it again. Whereas a speed session, we might do one, have a little bit of a break and then do it again. So a, a lot of it is dependent on what is the conditioning or the physical component we're tra- we're targeting that day right. uh, and then adjusting the adjusting the activities to to address that now uh, a 2v1 you're sort of say 30 seconds so you wouldn't be running it from a fitness point of view for longer than a certain period of time i mean 30 seconds obviously sounds a bit like a minimum but uh, where is there a maximum where you're thinking well after this point we're not really um uh getting any benefits or can you run it for four or five minutes? Just a constant turnaround. Uh, well, I, I'm not going to say you could not, but I think that's where, that's where as a strength coach, I'm going to look at what phase of the season are we in? That might be something that to use your example, right? Four or five minutes. Maybe we do that very, very early uh, in the season. If we're trying to build 
volume and build work capacity. Whereas if we're halfway through the season, I might not want to put that much stress on on the player because that might tax them. They might not be able to recover from that that workload or that stress in time for Saturday. So uh, that's where uh, periodization is kind of the big term, long term. Okay, so we, yeah, so we talk about periodization, and uh, quite often we spend a lot of time focusing on preseason and fitness, and there's less lots on that in season. I think you could rightly say that uh, the strength and conditioning coach is undervalued because. What sort of things can we do in season which maintain or build fitness? Because I'm guessing it's going to be a completely different look to preseason, or I know it's a different look. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And and I think it's it's having that progressive plan. I, I think uh, kind of a, an approach to it maybe in the past was, hey, we need to be as fit as possible for week one. And in, in, in a 16 or, or in some cases, a, a 24, 30 week season, it's very difficult to reach peak performance at week one and maintain that for, for the remainder of the season. We kind of have to play the long game. So, uh, right, so we're going to have a long game. So let, let's get ourselves into, say, week 12. What is a what would you sort of things might you be doing or looking to do in week 12 of the season that you wouldn't necessarily be doing in week one or uh, preseason? Yeah, so I, I would say at that point maybe maybe it's doing more top ups. For example, if if there's maybe a few individual players whose fitness levels are below the rest of the team, uh, maybe they're doing the last ten minutes of training when everyone else is doing skill work. Those individual players are doing some some low volume conditioning work. Give me some examples of low volume conditioning work. Top up sounds uh, sounds intriguing. I think everyone's thinking, <laughs> what top ups can I be giving? I'm in mid-season now, and I've just listened to this podcast. And uh, good news, guys! You've got some top-ups coming. Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, repeat sprint ability or or some shuttle runs. Uh, okay, can, what is, what do they what do they look like? Yeah, so uh, kind of a, a a frequent one that I would use is is just kind of a twenty meter shuttle, right? So let's say starting at starting at the try line, running out to the twenty-two and back and just doing that continuous for 30 seconds. They rest for 30 seconds. They repeat that again for a set number of, of repetitions or a set time. But as we say, it's a top up, right? It's not the main course. And so maybe they're only doing five minutes a day as opposed to doing 20 minutes. And so this, this, is, this is not, there's no rugby element in this. You're not, uh, you're not carrying a ball or doing anything which looks like the rugby game specifically. It's like a, it's like a top up, which is a separate. Yeah. And and then the but the, that would be for players who need a bit of a top up, and there's yeah. going to be some way that uh, you're going to work out whether they need to top up. Is that because they are they look tired or they act tired or they say they're tired? Is there a? I mean, it'd be lovely if we all had GPS monitors on our players, but let's say we don't. Is there a? Is that just a little bit of a, I know the player, or is there some other way of testing it? Yeah, I, I think having. Having a baseline measurement, I think the, the Bronco or the 1,200-meter shuttle is, is pretty frequently used in, in a lot of rugby environment. Even in some cases, of course, <laughs> using the American standard, uh, a one-mile test or, or something along those lines, it is anything that will kind of give you a, a measuring tool. Uh, and then that's something to where like a, a Bronco, for example, uh, is only going to take most individuals maybe four and a half on the good end, maybe six minutes on, on the top end to do that, which was very easy to throw in either at the beginning or the end of practice 
and, and doing that, you can use that in week 12 as a, yeah. a midpoint kind of midterm check-in. So the, the Bronco, very good measure. You wouldn't be expecting, say, an under-12s coach to be rolling out the Bronco this weekend. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Right. So is there, in your mind, uh, do you have a sort of an age group where this is a, a valuable tool to be used? Is that, as you say, it's worth starting from about this age onwards? Yeah, I would say, I mean, definitely U18. Maybe, personally, I, I wouldn't use it for like a U16, especially if it's in the community level. If it's, uh, maybe if it's a U16, it's kind of a representative level. Yeah, yeah you might. So high, high level, but uh, generally grassroots club size, you wouldn't be using it. I think it's uh, worthwhile uh, emphasizing that. Now, uh, you've talked a lot about the running aspects of it. Uh, how about the more, and forgive the, the wrong words, the sort of the strengths part of it, the uh, the bits where you've got to make the impacts as opposed to the lungs? Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, from from my position, that's been one of the most enjoyable aspects of it is getting creative and, and how do we, uh, sometimes we refer to it as off-beat conditioning to where maybe, especially for the bigger the, the, the bigger players, the forwards, their bodies might not, might not adapt too well to more running. And so uh, whether it's uh, some, some work with sandbags or boxing circuits or uh, fitness rope, battle ropes or, or fitness ropes, um, just getting creative to where they're using their upper body more. Uh, even so, when you, you say know, getting creative, of, what 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 does that mean? Is that using uh, exercises that they wouldn't necessarily use on on a rugby field, or how, how does that how is that different from normal fitness? Yeah, I mean, I think things like things like bear crawls or or shuttle runs or hitting pads, uh, I, I think, are very common. They're very easy to kind of create circuits and create. Uh, things like that uh, but getting one getting creative to where we're using kind of a multidisciplinary or, or other sports like grappling or boxing or, or uh, martial arts of some sort uh, to where the as you say the players are still getting that strength component built into it but there's at least a little bit of a transfer over into rugby uh minus the boxing part we're not right, okay yeah fair, fair enough uh, and uh, though there's some obviously some actions in boxing we don't want players punching each other too often sure. when when we're thinking about this in a in a session then you are you're suggesting and uh just correct me where i'm wrong here is that then you need to have a bit of speed and intensity in the exercises activities which would match perhaps the speed and intensity in the game so uh, a, a simple way of thinking about it 30 minutes of your session roughly uh, approximately should be at, we would say at least game speed if not if not a bit higher then then the top-up stuff you're suggesting what five five to ten minutes for players to do with maybe some more running or some more activities yeah yeah i think that's that's kind of a good split and and kind of to that point <clears throat> there were some of the teams that working with some of the american university teams we might start in week one to where we're only doing, let's say, 20 minutes of actual rugby game activity. As the season progresses, we might start to expand that session a little bit to where by week four, we're doing 25. By week 10, we're doing 30 minutes. And then maybe that top up kind of starts to, to balance or teeter out a little bit. But, but that's where the overall session plan would kind of uh, adjust as the season progresses. Okay, so we're, we're sensing that we're probably undervaluing uh, fitness coaching and uh, the, the sort of ideas that we've talked about 
around around that. Okay, Justin, that's been brilliant. Uh, Justin is also director of athlete performance with USA Touch and a former director of SNC with the USA Twenties. His philosophy is beautifully and neatly succinct. It is movement over muscles. Uh, you can contact him on uh, Facebook and Twitter. He's at Universal Sports Strength. And you can directly get him on his email, which is universalsportsstrength at gmail.com. A couple of questions to finish off. Justin, how old are you? I am uh, 40, 40, yeah, 40 years old. 40, and you have to think about it as well. Uh, <laughs> what coaching book is by your bedside at the moment? Uh, the Language of Coaching by Nick Winkleman. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Which coach teacher are you loving at the moment? Am I loving? Uh, so I've just started working very closely with a gentleman by the name of John Carlock, who was with the uh, U.S. Olympic uh, Committee uh, for a number of years. And it's been really exciting to, to engage with him. Uh, which team or sport or subject would you love to be coaching at the moment? Probably just, uh, I think, I think uh, basketball. Oh, okay. Is it is a yeah. game you've played before or? Being uh, being five foot seven, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> okay. I think they do. They have six foot leagues in uh, the states, don't they? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's called, it's called the the playground. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, who's inspired you most? Uh, I would say uh, Andre Volstead. He was a mentor of mine in South Africa. Right. And what would you tell your twenty year old self to do more of? Be more. Be more critical of. Of, uh, of the what I'm reading and, and what I'm learning. All right, okay. Okay, Justin, that's been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. No, thank you.